All right, let's turn our Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians. We'll be in 1 Corinthians tonight, uh, chapter number 12. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. And we will be turning over to uh, the book of Ephesians uh, chapter 4 in just a few moments. Uh, but our text tonight is going to come from 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Uh, I am going to be preaching. Uh, it won't be necessarily in, in this particular order in necessarily a series, but I'm going to be preaching several messages uh, to get us ready for the new year. I've been I'm saying for some time uh, that uh, when the new year begins, there's a lot that we're going to uh, be ready to do and accomplish for the Lord. I do believe a lot of these building projects that have been uh, painfully slow getting moving. I believe that uh, we'll have some answers and movement on that, uh, but we're going to push some things forward. And so I want to preach some messages that are going to help us. Uh, I've had the mindset uh, since the Lord brought us here to this property, and I had to remind myself today as, as I, I'm just, you know, I, I go through my list. I'm like, Lord, I need these buildings uh, moved out of the parking lot, moved the, now that I stopped and said, We have a parking lot. Thank you, Lord, for a parking lot. It's like the Holy Spirit said, well, at least you have a parking lot to move them out for them to be stuck in. And uh, as the Lord has moved us here, I've just had some things in, in my mind waiting on the Lord. And uh, I felt for some time that beginning of the year. <coughs> and so I'm going to begin saying all that to say that I'm going to be preaching uh, some messages to get us ready. And then as the new year starts, uh, we're going to be pressing forward, doing all that we can do for the cause of Christ. You look around the world and you see all the political events taking place. We should not be alarmed by that because it's just Bible prophecy being fulfilled. And I think everybody, if you hadn't said it, you've thought it. Well, this, the Lord's coming soon. He's coming soon. And I believe that. And if he's coming soon, the church needs to be busier than it's ever been. And so that's the mindset that I want us to have. And it's going to be uh, exciting. But tonight I want to preach from 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. And I'll begin reading in verse number 1 down through verse number 7. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, beginning with verse number 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that ye were Gentiles carried away under these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Let me stop right there. Verse 2 and verse 3. Uh, <coughs> we won't be spending any time in there, but I do want to mention this. Uh, talk about those idols and carrying away and, and calling Jesus accursed. Uh, the idols of this day are the same as the idols of, 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 of our day. And all these religions, they'll use the name of Jesus, but they don't claim he's the Son of God. That is an idol saying they are calling him accursed. They are blaspheming Jesus. That's why we have nothing in common with them. And that's why we stand opposite one another. But So that's what he's mentioning there, that all these other religions and all these other beliefs, even those that held to the law, uh, they were saying Jesus wasn't the fulfillment of the law. Jesus was not the, 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 the Son of God. And so, uh, therefore, they were calling Jesus a curse. Now pick up verse number 4. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Now I want to <coughs> take this passage of Scripture, and let's look again at verse number 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, and that's what I want to preach on tonight, concerning spiritual gifts. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we ask you once again uh, to uh, make your word 
real tonight. May we allow the Spirit of God to speak to our hearts. May these truths that He illuminates uh, speak to us so that we can do more for you. I pray that you'll strengthen your church by what takes place tonight. And Father, we just give you the honor and glory for what you do, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. Now, uh, Paul wants the church, and therefore the Lord wants us to be aware of the spiritual gifts that each and every one of us have. Now, let me just say, uh, the spiritual gift, I'm getting ahead of myself, is not about you. Uh, The spiritual gift, as we see in verse number 7, the end of it, to every man to profit with all. There is, we, we're, we're, we are failing in our country, and our country is in a shape that it's in because we have, we have taken the emphasis off of God's church. We've taken the emphasis off of the local church. Uh, when the local church has its right place, one is empowered by the Spirit of God. It makes a difference. You and I, well, is church really that important? Well, the founder of it is Jesus, so why don't we consider that? He's coming back for it, so why don't we consider that? And when Jesus was on this earth, he went to church. So we can consider that. And the church is what has been commissioned to reach this world. I've said it to you. You're probably tired of hearing me say it. Jesus did not, he did not commission the Republican Party to change the world. He commissioned the church to change the world. He commissioned God's people. And so God has equipped his church to do his work. Everything we need as the Emmanuel Baptist Church, we have. Well, Pastor, we need millionaires. No, we don't. We need to do what God wants us to do. If we all be our good stewards, church will be fine. The church will be fine. I'm not praying, just so you know, I'm not praying for God to give us any millionaires. I'm praying for us to be good stewards so God blesses us so much that God, that some of you, God will bless. Now, I'm praying that however many people on the church roll, God makes all of you millionaires. And see, we don't need any outside millionaires there. You get what I'm saying. God equips his church for what? We need what he needs. Now, that spiritual gift, let me just give you a simple definition. It's the the abilities God equips us with to enable us to serve him through the church. I believe it is God's will for every child of God, born-again believer, to be part of his church. What I mean by part is to be a a serving member of his church. You say, what about those, those people who don't have a church to go to? That is a failure at some point on God's people to continue pressing forward. But I believe it is God's will. Uh, there, it's amazing if everybody would do what God has instructed them to do, the, the, all the problems would be taken care of. I believe that's God's will. Why? Because God wants us to serve him through the church. Can you serve him outside the church? Well, certainly you can do good things outside the church. But God has, he's decided that he's going to protect his church. He's going to bless his church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the Boy Scouts. The gates of hell shall not prevail against, and you put any organization in there that you want. No, it's the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Guess what we're a part of? We're a part of God's church. We already win. We've already won. We just have to be faithful to fill our post and do the work of God. So it enables us to serve him through the church. Uh, you might hear, if you were interviewing for a new position in a job, uh, they might ask you what your personality traits are. Grumpy? No, that's, I'm testifying there. Anyway, uh, or, or what would your talents be? God may give you talents that you can use in the church, But it's not even all about talents. It's about how God has equipped us to do a work in the church. 
Uh, now, let me jump right into the outline because uh, I want to make sure I have plenty of time <coughs> to spend on this. This may feel more like a Bible study tonight, uh, but I do uh, want to cover these things. Look with me in verse number four. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Let me say number one, all gifts are from God. All gifts are from God. Notice verse 4. But the same Spirit. Verse 5. But the same Lord. Verse 6. But it is the same God. Every gift that everybody has. I thank God. I say it all the time. Uh, we, I say it to, to, to many of, uh, of, of the staff members, many of you. I say it to myself. I say, thank you, Lord. God has blessed our church with a lot of talent. God has blessed our church with a lot of ability. And say, well, we've got the church with the most talent. You can take no pride in that because God gives every talent. God gives every ability. Every gift is from the Lord. I, I, I think back, I was, I was thinking on this this afternoon and, and just going over the outline again. And, and, and I was thinking in my own life and thinking, and God brought to mind my call to preach when I was six years of age. And you've heard my testimony. I, I'm not a, what you would call an extrovert. I didn't never public speaking. Can I? Can I? Can I? You know? Can I do it from a remote location? I don't, I don't want to be up in front of people. I don't like it. You'd never believe that now. You know, if it was a five minute speech, I was gonna. What is the longest I have to talk before I fail? And then you figure out. Okay, y'all, y'all ignore this. Don't listen to this. I heard my English teacher, Mrs. Triplett. Where's she at? She's now. We're having a. We're having a oral poem, and if you get stuck. Just pick a point in it and move on. I was like, oh, that's a great strategy right there. I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be up here anyway. So it's like uh, you, you start, oh, captain, my captain. Oh, man. And then I would pick a point at the end and be done so I could sit down. <laughs> I, 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 that was me. Now, once I get behind the pulpit, you'd never believe that I was, I'm not an extrovert. I'll sit and chat and talk with you, but it's really what it is. What is it? It's all from God. It's all from God. Some of you were teaching Sunday school classes. You never thought you could teach. You know why? It's from God. You would be surprised at some of the people who get up here and sing, say, well, they just must, they must have all the confidence in the world if you only knew. But what happens? It's from God. You know who ought to get all the glory? God. You know who's worthy of all the glory? God. Well, I go home Sunday after Sunday and say, praise God for the day that took place today. Praise God for what he did. For what he did. It's like, man, Pastor, that was a great sermon. Well, half of it wasn't even in my notes. What was That's all about God. It's all about him. All gifts are from God. There's no reason for pride to enter in to God's people. There's no Pride has killed more churches than anything else. There's no reason for God's people to get puffed up with pride because everything that takes place, it is a gift from God. Likewise, when you, well, when you look at your gift, you understand something. And you say, well, God has gifted me and he's allowed me to be in a position where I can, it's, it's obvious that, that I'm doing something for him. You may call it, it may be a visible thing. You say, well, well don't take pride in that. You know, God can take that away. Likewise, there are some who would look at their lack of a gift, and they would say, well, I'm not gifted. That's pride, too. 
Because that's not about you. It's about God. When God put us all here on this planet, this is a crazy thought to me, put us all here on this planet, he knew we'd all be serving together. He, gave, he knew you would need a pastor and ta-da. <laughs> he knew it'd be no, it, there'd be no point in pastor if there's no people to pastor. He put us all together. So anything that we do together is because God equipped every person to have exactly what they needed so that his church could go forward. So whatever we do for God, whatever you got to do for God today, when you get home tonight, say, thank you, Lord, for giving me a place to serve. Thank you for equipping me, giving me something to do for you. And if you're not able to do in your mind as much as somebody else, that is important. God gave it to you. It's all about him anyway. Number one, all gifts are from God. Number two, let's read verse number four again. Now, there are, notice the word, diversities of gifts. But the same spirit means there's many gifts. There's a variety of gifts. See, there are, no, not all of us have the same gift. Not all of us have the same talents, if you will. We're not all equipped the same. This, this is what we need to be reminded tonight. The way you grew up or the experiences you had in the past are part of the, the, what God has made you into as a gift to his church. Well, I, I wish things had been different when I had grown up. I, I get that, but there's somebody who's grown up the same way you have. And you know why God put you here? To help them. Well, that's, that's, that's a gift. That, that, is, that is something that you can use. Well, I wish that. I don't look. I look at it as a curse. No, whatever we can use to help somebody else, whatever we can use to point somebody to Christ, that is a gift that God has enabled us to do. If you're a good communicator, God's given you a gift. Instead of spreading gossip, maybe we ought to spread. Well, anyway, we don't all have. I wrote in the margin, be nice tonight. You were kind of mean this morning, so. Oh, I scribbled that out. Never mind. <laughs> Ephesians chapter number 4. It's a passage you may know well. In verse number 11 and 12, speaking of the church, and he gave, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. If you don't have time to turn there, you can write the, uh, the reference down. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. There's a pattern right there that not everybody is the same or has the same gifts. Why did he do that? Look at verse 12. For the perfecting or the completing of the saints for the work of the ministry. He did not give each of us the gifts he gave us for any other reason but for the work of the ministry. God's given you a talent. Find a way to use it for the Lord. Well, I was wondering why, you know, God gave me a love of music. And I was wondering why I took those, you know, that, that, those, those uh, instrument lessons for all of those years. I don't know why he did that. I'll help you. We have a church orchestra that you could be using your gift in. Why would you not want to do that? Well, I know that, you know, you know I went to, I don't know, a horticultural school just popped in my mind. I don't know, I don't know why. You can pull weeds. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> the point I'm making is it's not all this. I wish I, wish I had, some might say, I wish I, I, I had the gift of teaching, but it's, it's obvious that I don't. That's not something God's equipped me with. Don't feel sorry for yourself. 
It's not like you were late when God was handing out gifts for the church. I'm going to illustrate something in a minute. I think that will help you. Is God equipped all of us the same because he said, I'm going to give this one this gift, this one this gift, this, this one this. So when they all use it together, then the work of the church moves forward. We do not all have the same gifts. We have a diversity of gifts, as verse number four tells us, but we're all working towards the same goal. Let's use, let's use football as, a, as, a, as an illustration. Uh, the offensive linemen are usually bigger than the quarterback. They're, if they're not, you're not winning very many games. Um, but you're not going to take those big offensive tackles and split them out at wideout and say, just get open. That's not going to happen. That's not where they were gifted with. You say, Pastor, how is that? How is, how is that a gift? They're just humongous. There's a saying in the coaching world is you can't coach size. Meaning you can't make anybody taller or bigger than they really are and you need. Likewise, you're not going to take a, a skinny slot receiver and put him at the offensive tackle and say block that defensive end. He's not gifted in that area. But you know what makes the team work? Everybody's saying, I, I'm going to take the gifts that God's given me, and I'm going to be the best offensive tackle that I can be. I'm going to be the best. But the quarterback gets all the... All that matters is, is that we win. All that matters is, is that we work together. That is what it is in the church. We are working towards the same goal, and not everybody has the same spiritual gifts. But whatever we have, we ought to be using for the Lord, number three... Look at me at verse number 5. I want you to notice the wording here. And there are differences of administrations. But we're reminded again, but the same Lord. So in verse number 4, the gifts come from the Spirit, from God. Verse number 5, the, talk about the differences of administrations, the same Lord. Number 3, we do not all serve in the same capacity. Just like we don't have all the same gifts, all the same talents, all the same experiences, we don't all serve in the same capacity. That difference of administration. Think of it like this. That difference of a, a, a position or an office, such as the office of the pastor, the office of the deacon. That administration is ministry. What we do in ministry. Not everybody does the same ministry. Tonight, uh, part there, there's been the choir ministry, the music ministry. Been a blessing. But while you haven't been paying attention, there's the nursery ministry. I think it's a bigger blessing. Uh, there, 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 there's all kinds of ministries that's not all the same. But they're all important. We don't all serve in the same capacity. Uh, there's that idea of the, the position, and certainly the Bible speaks of the two offices, the, the pastor and the deacon. And, and I'll use that as an example, that uh, I believe with a New Testament church, you're, God either has you pastor or help the pastor. Well, I don't have any responsibilities. That's not scriptural. You may not have a title, but you as a child of God, first of all, you have responsibilities. As a part of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, you have responsibilities. What is it? First of all, to advance the cause of Christ is to help the pastor advance the cause of Christ. No, I didn't say it. You need to help me preach. Or you need to help me take care of things. 
But there's a scriptural way to help the pastor. You think the office of the deacon, the simple definite, the, the office of the deacon is just to help serve the people. Why? Because the pastor can't be everywhere. It's, it's not scriptural. It never was scriptural. And we don't have this issue here, but this is just a good reminder for all of us. And you won't find in the, the Bible where the deacons run the, the affairs of the church. The pastor's the overseer. He's the administrator. I thank God for the good men that we have. I don't have to go to the deacons and say, can I have permission to go buy a broom? I'm not doing that. Uh, it, it, that's the way God set it up. But what do they do? I could not do what I do without those men who serve. Hey, can you take care of this? Men, you need to do this. That's the, the, the staff is in the same position. No staff person should fulfill their responsibilities in any way other than I would do it. Why? Because they stand in my stead. Uh, they're, they're, that, that's what, what, why? Because there's a, we don't all serve in the same capacity, but we all have the same purpose. Sunday school teachers who stand, that's why it is our philosophy. If you're new in the church, you, you've probably caught on to this. Uh, I choose the Sunday school curriculum for every age group. The lesson that you have this morning, say, well, there's, we're getting into the studies on the deity of Christ and all those things. That, 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 that's, some, that, that's some good study. Guess what? The three-year-olds had that same lesson. Say, so, well, how do they understand it? If you knew who we had teaching that, that, that it comes to them and they can dumb down anything. I mean, it is just, it is just they have, that's their spiritual gift. Spiritual gift. Uh, why? It's, it's what, because I believe that every Sunday school teacher stands in my stead. And one day, I'm going to give an account of every doctrine that's taught in this church. I'm going to give an account of every, every, every lesson that's been taught in, this, taught in this church. If I'm going to give an account of it, I, I think I'm just going to pick it. And then every Sunday school teacher is to teach as if they're standing in my stead, because they are. And with every ministry, youth ministry, uh, whatever other ministry you want, you, you want to uh, talk about, if you have any responsibility, you, you represent the pastor. We don't all, wow, we don't all serve in the same capacity, but we should all be serving for the same goal. Um, and I know we're on the same page with this, and so this is good for us to be reminded of. And this you must may be new for some people, and we're going to need to be reminded of this in the days ahead as we move forward. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't decide to be a pastor. God decided that. I didn't choose it. Well, pastor, I remember when we... Voted you in. Well, whether it did or not, God chose it. God, God, God decides that. Well, you just think you're something because you're, you're a pastor. Well, I, God, I didn't call me. God called me. I think the office of the pastor needs to have some esteem because God puts it esteem. But the man is, is just a man. But we all have the same, we have, we'll have the same goal. I pray all the time, and I use the scripture that uh, uh, from the from the book of First Samuel, how when Saul was was chosen to be by God to be king, God raised up a band of men. Why? Because He needed them. This church, I pray all the time for for God to to knit our heart together so that we can do a work for God. It doesn't make a difference to me if a Sunday school teacher gets the credit for what God does something in somebody's life. If some worker, volunteer gets the credit, it makes no difference to me. I just want lives helped. I want people reached. I want the cause of Christ to move forward. And everybody has a part in that. Let me illustrate this very quickly. There's some who visit for us for the first time and some who start attending and they have all their guard up. 
And they, I get up and preach, they get the guard up. All these churches are the same. Oh, come back, you'll find out we're not the same. But then somebody uses their gift of gab slash friendliness. And I'm joking, but this is it. You use it, and you say, my name is. It's your first time with us? This is is my husband, or this is my wife. Where are you from? You you wouldn't believe it. So-and-so grew up there, too. And they connect with somebody, and the guard starts to come down. Well, well, you know, you know, I, that, well, I, I do this for a living. You wouldn't believe it. You always find the, you know, it's, it's amazing how all the, I don't even have to know who served in the military. They're retired. They're all going to find each other. Because <laughs> they all have that dazed look, you know. So they're all going to find each other. But you know what? That's something that can be used. Say, so, well, pastor, I hope he's prayed up. I hope he's got a good one. Use your gift. The ushers, when you stand out there, you stand in the pastor's stead. Oh, my goodness. Faces just flashed into my mind. No, it's, it's important. And that's why everybody has the opportunity. It's, God never intended, God never intended for one man to get up and preach and everybody else do nothing. He never intended for that. We all have a part, and we all should have a part because God's made it that way. We, because of that, I want to reference Ephesians chapter number 4 very quickly. And I think this will help us as we move ahead because there are going to be a lot of... So, Pastor, it's great that you preach on that, but I'd like some opportunities to serve. Well, hang on, you're going to get them if you don't already have them. Let me remind you uh, of, of something very, very uh, quickly. Ephesians 4, verse 1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of a vocation wherewith you are called. Those two words, walk worthy. Let me remind you and I, we're an ambassador of Christ. We represent him. And I'll just, I'll just mention this very quickly. You know, we love our sports and our sports paraphernalia, or we love representing I want people to know I'm with this person or this team. Well, you know, people can know that you're with the Lord. That's okay, too. But I believe as a pastor, as a man of God, as a man that's called, I should walk worthy of my call. The fact that it's the truth, I've said it before, I'm sure others have said it. The truth of the matter is when you're in a crisis hour, you're not calling some dude that sits on a stool that looks like a reject from a boy band. You're not going to call them. You're going to say, go get a man of God. That's just the reality of it. What is that? That's walking worthy. That means living clean, holy, living in a way. Okay, but hold on. If you represent me in your position of service, how should you walk? If I represent the Lord, then, there's, then, I, then I ought to be a good representation if you, if you stand in the pastor's stead in a Sunday school classroom, you stand in the pastor's stead opening a door, you stand in the pastor's stead singing, 
Well, you, you can't picture me singing in the choir, but you, you, you get in your place of service, then you should walk worthy as well. That's why to be a, a member of the church, I'm going, to pre- I'm going to preach the word of God to whoever's here. And I believe the Holy Spirit can convict each and every one of us of changes we need to make in our life. I believe if you take a new Christian who's never been under the preaching of the word of God and he's in church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, he will be changed from the inside out. There are things that if I preach this book, I don't ever have to talk about. Spirit of God will just do a work. But if you were going to stand in my stead, you've got to walk worthy. I've been asked by people who, who are aware of our church but have never attended. Do you have to do this and this? and Because a lot of churches, they just don't dress up on Sunday anymore. Is it a requirement that you have to do this? No. It's a requirement that you just have to have a heartbeat and find your way inside. That, that's, that's what is required. And if you can stay awake, that's a bonus. <laughs> but that, but that, I won't call that a requirement because half of this crowd would be out there anyway. You know, that, you know, if you're here, that's what, but if you're going to stand in the pastor's stead, doesn't it make sense that we walk worthy? That's why, just, just you know, as, as opportunities come for you to serve, and there's greater opportunities coming for more people to serve. If you're going to be in a visible place, there's, a, there's expectations. Say, well, well that's, that, that just doesn't make sense. Well, it's amazing. Well, sometime when you think, if you think that's too much, go read the requirements of the soldiers who guard the tomb of the unknown soldier. Go read those requirements. And you'll say, man, those bad guys have nothing. I mean, that's nothing. But you know what? Because they're representing something. You don't have to see it. I'm not asking you to see everything the way I'm seeing it, but I'm saying in God's church, we're working towards something. We're trying to do something. We all have gifts and abilities, and it's a shame. It would be a shame. And we'll give an account of it, I believe, when we get to the judgment seat of Christ, of talents, of gifts that we had, but because we did not want to meet all of the expectations of standing in the pastor's stead, we said, I'm just not going to do that. Well, pastor, how come we don't have it? Because we need people who are willing to stand in the pastor's stead and and fulfill some kind of uh, service for the Lord so that we can do more. We can do more. And so as these opportunities come, you know, a Sunday school teacher is expected to stay out of the bars. You think that's pretty good? There's a couple of you I need to talk to after the service. But By the way, that's good for Christians in general. It's going to be kind of hard for you to fill your mind full of Hollywood garbage on a Saturday night and stand up and teach the Word of God on Sunday, on Sunday morning. It's just, it's just common sense. But we've got to be willing to take this spiritual gift and say, I want to use it, but I know that I've got to walk worthy. You know, if, if, if I decided not to do that, what I would say from this book would mean less to you. But you say he's not even living it. And by the way, that's why holiness isn't preached on our churches anymore. Because the man who would be preaching it isn't living a holy life. So we have to walk worthy because we don't all serve in the same capacity, but we all have the same Focus. That's why the more you grow in your likeness of Christ, the more opportunities you're going to have to serve him. 
That's just the reality. So we don't all serve in the same capacity, but we ought to be willing to do what is necessary so that we can serve. It's expected of nursery workers to show up. That's a good thing, right? As a matter of fact, this is good for us to just check our dedication. Are we, are we, well, I like the idea of doing that, but there's expectations that come with it. It's like, I like the idea of getting a paycheck, but I got to show up to work. Um, we like the idea of doing something for the cause of Christ, but there's commitment to that. And, and, and we need everybody serving in the, well, I was singing the choir, but I have to show up early for choir, choir practice. That's, that's a small price to pay to be able to serve the Lord in that capacity. Well, I would do this, but it means I, that you know, if, I, if I serve in that capacity and I've used Sunday school teacher, if I'm going to be a Sunday school teacher, then I've got to stop doing this and this and this. Well, if that's your attitude, you probably should stop doing that anyway. So what is that? Whatever the Spirit of God is talking to you about. That's what it is. I don't have to say it. Holy Spirit's pretty good at it. But we need to lay all that stuff down so we can do more for him. I've got, I've got to hurry. Oh, no, that's number three. I don't have to hurry at all. I've got one more. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I think we understand what I'm saying. This world needs God's church. And God's equipped us. We need to stop looking at this world so what if we had this and we had this? No, we have everything we need. And this is, this is a call for many of you who sit back and you look at the talents that other people have and you say, there's nothing for me to do. Uh, that's not true. That's not true. There is a ministry of prayer. There is a ministry of encouragement. We need ushers. We need nursery workers. Well, I don't even like my own kids. Okay, well, we'll put you in some other ministry. We need, we, you know, we need help. What are you well, What do I have to offer? You've got something, I promise you. You've got something that you can do for the cause of Christ. Number four. Look at verse number six of First Corinthians twelve. I want you to notice we say in verse four the diversities. There's differences of gifts. Verse five. There are differences of administrations. We're not all doing the same thing with those gifts. Verse six. And there are diversities of operations. But once again, it is the same God which worketh all in all. Listen to statement number four. While every work God does is miraculous, not all works are the same. Let me say that again and let me explain it. While every work God does is miraculous, not all works are the same. That terminology, diversity of operations, I believe that can sum that up. And I'll illustrate in just a moment. But you know my testimony as well as I know it, most of you. I was saved very young. I was brought up in a pastor's home. I was brought up in a Christian home. I'm very thankful. I'm not bitter at that. I'm thankful for that. So I didn't have, and to God be the glory, I didn't have the time where I had to go out and, and find out if the world was as bad as everybody said it was. And teenagers, it's worse than people will tell you it is. It's worse. Uh, but I think, and I think of so many who could give a testimony, 
Lord, look at what God saved me out of. And, and I would love to share some of the testimonies. I know it's not my place to share, but there's some testimonies you just said, that is a miracle of God. But you know what? For God to save the child out of the preacher's home is a miracle of God too. Well, God sure delivered them. And God, yes, let's praise God. Let's rejoice. But every work God does is a miracle. And we have this, this tendency to fall in. And you, we're talking about the local church. And there are some churches, you look at, they're, they're in highly populated areas. God bless them in an unusual way, in a great way. And they have a great attendance. And there's a large churches. And we say, look at the miracle that God has done. But I know churches with 50 that are just as much of a miracle. Because every work God does is a miracle. You look sometimes and we look at how God uses somebody or somebody, they begin to serve and we say, that's a miracle right there, and that's true. But each and every one of us here that God has done a work in our heart and our life is just as much a miracle of what God has done with you. While every work God does is miraculous and it all works are the same. Now let me illustrate this in the sense of what Paul is writing. Rain is a miracle. Think about it. Clouds roll in and water comes down. That's a miracle. In Florida, especially, you can be driving and you can see, there's rain there, it's not there. There's rain there, it's not there. There's rain, the sky's not different colors, people. That's rain falling over there, there's no rain there. This is just the most amazing thing to me, is you can see it coming. It's coming, you can see it drop, 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 and then you can like, well, I got to get away from it. And we start... I'm running from rain. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Okay. You can see it coming. That, that is amazing to me. Rain's a miracle. It is an act of God. You take a little seed or an acorn, and it grows into a big oak tree. That's a miracle. That is an absolute miracle. That same oak tree drops an acorn and produces a seed of like kind. That's a miracle. Now, you and I, if we, why don't we look at that like we look at our abilities and look at ourselves in a church? Sometimes we would do this. We would say, well, here's a little acorn. That's not as big of a miracle as this big old tree. And then the rain enters a conversation and say, hey, you're not the same kind of miracle I am. But what would the rain water if but for the seed? You need the acorn to become the oak tree you need the oak tree to produce the acorn you need the rain to water the acorn i believe what paul is writing and what god is saying that diversity of operation all of it's wonderful all of it's a miracle but not all work looks like it's the same it's not all the what we call this isn't a big miracle but those little miracles are necessary in the work of the church 
Because without them, you don't have the big miracles. Oh, you can use illustration after illustration after illustration, and so many come to mind. You have the Sunday school teacher who led the 15-year-old D.L. Moody to Christ. We look at D.L. Moody and say, what a great miracle. Shook two continents for God. At least three million souls walked the aisle for salvation under his ministry. What a big miracle, and that's true. But without the acorn, there is no oak tree. Who along the way that nobody knows their name poured water on that seed? Well, we look at what God does and say, oh, well, well God doesn't do anything big with me. It takes the, the, the seed, it takes the rain, it takes the tree. All of it is a miracle. And we look at what God does in our life and collectively, we need to get out of the business of saying, that's a little, little miracle. That's a, how big does a miracle have to be to be a big miracle? A miracle is a miracle. We're reminded in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 5 through 8, when I, 5 through 8, when I take the time to turn there. But we're reminded that we, none of us take the credit for what God does. One man planteth, one man watereth, one man reapeth. This is what we have a tendency to do. I reap. But without so many planting, there's no reaping. Well, if I don't, Pastor, if I'm not the one reaping, I don't want to have a part in it. Well, if you ain't got nothing to reap, then, then you're going to get bored. Well, I'm just, I'm just the waterer around here. That's all God equipped me to do. Well, then water the seed so somebody else can reap. Uh, we all have something that we can do, and we all are involved. If you're involved in God's work, it's the greatest work in the world. And it's a miracle. It's a miracle. No matter where you are in your Christian life tonight, you're a miracle. If you're saved, that's a miracle. The fact that God uses any of us, that's a miracle. The fact that we can do what we, we do, we say, this is a miracle church. Every church is a miracle church. Now, I want God to do great. Well, how do we do big things? It, when everybody says, well, God's given me a gift. It's different from this person or this person, but he's given it to me because this church needs it. Pastor, we need you. Take care of yourself. I hear that a lot, and I appreciate that. Pastor, you take care of your health. Here's a pie, Okay. You're not very sincere, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Pastor, we need you. What we do without you? But the church needs the nursery worker, needs the usher, needs the person to push a vacuum, needs somebody who says, I'm going to find somebody who, who looks discouraged and lonely, and I'm going to encourage them. We all have something we can do. I've already alluded to it. I've used, said it before. But there are sometimes I believe that somebody will listen to what I say from behind this pulpit because somebody was nice to them before they got to their seat. You know, Pastor, <laughs> that was good this morning. Did you see the response? 
Well, I can't take credit for that because somebody was behind the scenes. We're all in it together. Well, if, I, if I'm not there, there are 70 other people in the choir. There might be somebody who watches that live stream every week because they can't come to church. Our shut is, then where are they at? Well, the fact they sit there and, wow, they, they're, they're awake this week. That's good, in the choir. Uh, I hope I'm getting the point across. God's church is a miracle. God's given us all a part. You'll never get to a place in your life, well, if, if I'm not there, nobody's going to miss me. What a selfish, selfish, prideful mindset. What we're saying, we say that, well, God didn't give me anything that I could use for him. No, what we're saying is either one or two things. God didn't give me what he gave somebody else. Or I don't want to do what's necessary in my life to use the gift that God has given me. I believe the greatest days of our church are ahead of us. If, if we decide to keep our focus on the Lord and all of us say, I'm just going to use what God has given me. Well, God hasn't, God hasn't given me what everybody, no, God, God, maybe God's waiting for you to surrender that because there's something that he wants to do in this church and through this church and you've got the talent and ability to do it. You've got the background to do it. I'm amazed all the time. Man, I wish I had to do somebody. Well, brother, so-and-so knows how to do that. I keep trying to find a licensed electrician. Someone needs to win one of Christ and get them in the church, okay? <laughs> well, you know, so, you know, what everybody has, we have what this church needs. And every, even the little, you can't have the big miracles without the little miracle. Let's just determine that as long as God leaves us on this side of eternity, that I'm just going to use the opportunity I have, the ability I have to do something for his cause. Do something through his church to advance his church. And let me just give you one more little bit of admonition. Don't use all your strength, your talent, and your ability for things outside the church that you could use inside the church. I'm not telling you that you, if there's, if there's something you, I'm not telling you can't be, I'm just telling you, we, we really, well, I'm doing this and this and this, and I just don't have any extra. Well, rearrange something and give it to God. Give it to his church. I'm not saying every other organization or every other, you know, whatever you want to call it is necessarily bad or wrong. I'm just saying there's one that God has promised perpetuity. There's one that God has said he would reach the world with, and it's the church. And we ought to give it our best so that it can keep moving forward. Concerning spiritual gifts, do you have one? Let me answer that for you. You do. You do. Is it the Lord's? Maybe you're sitting out here tonight and you may have a gift that I'm not even aware of or nobody else is even aware of. Why don't you start using it for God? 
Or maybe you have a gift, but you've just been looking at it. Well, it's not needed. It's, it's, not, as, it's not as big as, as that. And is it, you know, I can't, I can't do this. And I always reference music because it's, the, it's visible. I can't, I can't sing. We, we, we don't need everybody that can sing. Well, I can't. You can do something. Why don't we all use what we have to his honor, to his glory, so that his church can move forward. Father, help us tonight as we...